Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. So today is our is going to be the last day of our Advent readings. Um, we're going to be in Matthew 2. and uh, But before we go into the readings, let's go to God in prayer. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the opportunity to come before you. I just pray for this time that you would be the one that we hear, that you'd be the one that we listen for. That it be your words, your spirit, your wisdom, your understanding that we would that we would get. And I just pray, Father, for our hearts to be open, our minds to be open to you. I pray that my spirit would be in the right place as I read and think about you. And I pray most of all for you to guide this time and really just be here and help help us know what you want us to know. I just pray that we would gain from this reading and this time the most important pieces and the part that's important to each one of us so we can grow closer to you, so we can love you with our whole being and therefore love our neighbors ourselves. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So Matthew 2 is, it's a, Another example of, in my opinion, of obedience and pretty remarkable obedience. And I don't think I could be as obedient as Joseph is. Joseph has been asked to do some pretty amazing things for that culture, right? He finds out his soon to be wed, but not yet his wife is pregnant. And God says, dude, don't change it. You're still going to marry her. It's all okay. And now, in, and so he goes through with it, goes through the whole thing with, with the uh, going to uh, Bethlehem, having the magic or having the uh, birth in the manger. And he just, he's very obedient. And Mary is too, but I just am remark, I'm amazed by, by Joseph because he raises him and he knows who he is. I know sometimes I've been shown things by God. I've been told this is it. And he's, he's, I know that it's him telling me things and I still debate. I'm more like Zachariah, you know, Zachariah wound up having to be mute and quiet for months and months and months after he challenged and questioned the angel. And when he's talking about his wife having a baby, which was John, I'm more like that. And so when all of a sudden, you know, there's Joseph who is definitely, he does, he acts. So anyways, with all that said, let's just jump on in because I'm babbling. I apologize. Matthew 2 verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod Herod heard when King Herod heard this he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him when he had called, which to me that seems odd because they're like the king of the Jews is coming isn't that their messiah aren't all these people waiting for him all these learned 
scholars, all these pastors, all these leaders of the Jewish faith? Shouldn't they be excited? Verse 4. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search, bef- search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. That feat, that activity of theirs was amazing. That they defied the king of the region who was appointed by the Romans. And they defied him and went a different way. A perfect example of obedience. Verse 13. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. Again, Joseph, amazing man of action, and he's he obeys God. He obeys the word, his word. What he's told to do, he does. There isn't any hesitation. He gets up, wakes up Mary, and boom, I'm out of here. So then it says, And so it was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. When Herod realized that he had that he had been outwitted by the Magi, he was furious, and he gave orders to kill all the boys in Bethlehem and its vicinity, who were two years old and under, in accordance with the time he had learned from the Magi. Then what was said through the prophet Jeremiah was fulfilled. A voice is heard in Ramah, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and refusing to be comforted, because they are no more. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who were trying to take the child's life are dead. And what does Joseph do? So he got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning in Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. Having been warned in a dream, he withdrew to the district of Galilee, and he went and lived in a town called Nazareth. So was fulfilled what was said through the prophets that he would be called a Nazarene. So I am just amazed at the obedience. Yes, there's angels, but there's also just dreams. 
and I've dreamt things and not, you know, attributed to them. The wise men or the magi, you know, they had a dream and they said, okay, we're not going to go back and we're going to defy this king who realistically could send out, you know, a small force to kill them. But he didn't and they were safe and they went home. But it was all about their obedience. And I also like what G- what what uh, Tozer says about the the wise men. He says, the story of the wise men says two things and says them loudly. One is that a longing soul with scanty theological knowledge is in a better position to meet God than a sa- self-satisfied soul, however deeply instructed in the scriptures. The wise men were Gentiles, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without it, without God in the world. Yet, yet they saw a star and left all, they left all to make the long, dangerous journey to lay worthy gifts at the feet of Jesus. They acted on small knowledge and found the Messiah. That's to their everlasting credit. And I, I read that and I think about it. And isn't that so true of anyone? They don't have to have all the theology. They haven't had, they don't have to have read every book of the Bible. They don't have to know everything. They just have to have a longing and God will reach out to them. Tozer goes on. On the other hand, there were those in the days, chief priest, high priest, scribes, lawyers, rulers of the synagogues, all keen eyed students of the scriptures and experts in the law and the prophets. Yet as far as we know, not one of them had any spiritual awareness that the great day of Israel's visitation had come. They could tell the wise men instantly what the prophets had written about the birthplace of the king. But their knowledge was former, formal, merely. They themselves were blind to its real meaning. Gentiles had come and roused, had, had to come and rouse them from their strange stupor, if indeed, if indeed they were ever aroused. For there is little evidence to show that they understood the wise men or knew what all the excitement was about. So it's, it's really, to me, amazing how God came into this earth, into, uh, into this world, in such a way that no one recognized him except for those who weren't supposed to. Right? The Magi. They're Gentiles from a far-off land. They don't even know. The shepherds, the dregs of considered the dregs of society, they knew. They were blessed with it. He was born in a manger that needed to be cleaned out, I'm sure, before they could ever use it. Not how a typical king comes into this world. And yet people with just a desire to, to know him, not some formal understanding of all the rules and the histories, just a desire. Those found him and understood what had occurred. And then Joseph, obeying without even hesitation, every single time, despite what society would have said that he should do. I'm sure people whispered and gossiped about him marrying Mary. I mean, there's just so many different elements here of faith, obedience, longing, searching. It's the greatest story ever told.
And it's the most important one. And I'm so grateful, Lord, for you showing it to us. So with that, let's go back to God in prayer. Lord, thank you. I just pray that this Christmas day and this Christmas time, you would be the one that we truly understand and seek. I pray my heart would be completely open to you and your will, your will for me. I pray that I would bring you honor and glory in whatever way you you want me to. And I pray that we would focus on you at this time of year, not the presence. And as my pastor said today, may you be that anchor for us, not the presence or people, but you, God, be our anchor, the one we focus on. I just pray, Holy Spirit, for you to open our hearts and our minds and our eyes to what the what we need to understand at this time and how much you love us. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, so I'm going to take a few days off for Christmas. I appreciate you guys, you all joining me um, for the last, um, basically last year. And um, I'll come back in. I'm going to be traveling through, I think, Thursday. I'll be back. I'll be back on Thursday. So, um, I look forward to doing, you know, closing out the the old year and starting the new year with y'all until then. God bless you. And thank you for joining me at just a guy and his journey back to God. I hope you have a wonderful and blessed Christmas.